Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Mosa Duran, and this is Beyond the Kale, the podcast where people come to share their vegan stories. Now, whenever somebody finds out I'm vegan, I get all kinds of questions, including... How do you get your protein? Being vegan is expensive, right? How do you go vegan? What's your name? And the one that I get more often than I ever thought I would... How can you be Mexican and vegan? Now, to be honest, the answer usually depends on who's asking, because sometimes... I just don't feel like getting into it. But that ain't happening here. On Beyond the Kale, we're getting into all types of topics, including some that we as vegans often just don't talk about. Episode number three, coming right up. My name is Drew Mealy, and my favorite restaurant is Charlie Was a Sinner in Center City, Philadelphia. And the dish that I like there is the Korean tofu. It's incredible. Hello, welcome to Beyond the Kale, episode number three. That was Andrew Mealy. He's a children's book author who wrote his most recent book, What is a Vegan?, to explain veganism to his four year old son. Andrew and I covered a lot of ground during this conversation. Honestly, probably more than either of us thought we would. We spoke about gaming, vegan junk food, and how an injury forced him to walk away from an 18-year career as a tattoo artist. He also fills me in on the vegan scene in Philadelphia, including where to go to get a legit vegan cheesesteak. But we start this conversation off with Andrew explaining how his son's questions about why he wasn't eating the same way his classmates were motivated him to write what is a vegan check it out i never intended to be a children's book author it just kind of happened out of uh, i'd say necessity and so i wrote this one when my son who was i guess he was probably three or four at the time just in, in preschool before kindergarten um started wanting to know why he couldn't eat the same things as the other kids at school and i didn't want him to it was hard because I didn't want to think that he couldn't. It was just that we don't. And I wanted to explain that in a way that a four-year-old could wrap their head around without having him feel a negative way towards people like his friends and stuff that are eating meat. Um, whether we agree with it or not, I didn't want him to have negative feelings. I wanted to do everything in a place of kindness. And so that's really where I came from. The idea was thanks to my four-year-old. And he was also the inspiration for my first book. So. Basically, when I can't answer a question, I think really hard on it and I write a book about it. When you set out to answer those questions for him, was your initial idea to write the book or did you look to other resources to possibly answer those questions for you? The first thing I did was went to other books to see if they could answer the questions first. And I ordered just about any book I could find that was vegan related, and, you know, directed towards children. So. They all showed up, you know, pretty much around the same time. And as I looked through them and was reading them, they were, I think, more scary than informative for someone of his age. I think maybe it can work for a 10, 11, 12 year old, but I felt like talking about a slaughterhouse to a four year old, he has no frame of reference, first of all. And then showing images of, you know, maybe a cow being separated from his mother, it is just upsetting more so than. Oh, now I get why I'm a vegan. But he just, there's more questions. And I didn't want to get into the whole farming industry with a four year old. I wanted to 
just explain that animals are just like people and that's why we don't eat them <laughs> simple you know they're it, i don't think it can get any simpler you know they're living they're breathing and you know we should treat them just like you would treat your neighbor and i think the book does a really good job of driving that point home uh, like i mentioned i'm not a parent but i wanted to get the perspective from the parents that I know. So I actually uh, sent a copy of the book to my brother and a copy of the book to my sister. Oh, and thank that you. was, of course. And that was one thing that they said they absolutely loved was how it drove that point home that animals are just like us. Right. And that they, they, you know, are, are beings that, that have feelings and, and they really, really just appreciated the manner in which you were able to present that information in a way that is, you know, digestible for kids and a way that kids can comprehend. That's wonderful to hear. And I, and, and I've heard that a lot, which is making me feel really good about this book that like, think maybe I did fill that niche. Not that it wasn't a place for those other books. I just think we needed an earlier step. And I, and I, I hope I, I, I feel like I fit in real good. And I, and uh, I love the positive response the book has been gaining over like the last six months uh, since it you know, launched. And what is the type of response that you've been getting? You touched on it a little bit, but can you go a little bit further? Like who's buying the books? Um, have they reached out to you? What it seems to be, um, it's a lot of, when I wrote it, I was like, I wasn't sure who my audience was going to be, but it makes a lot of sense that it's mothers. Um, I've uh, had a lot of moms trying to explain this to their children. And I don't know, which is great. I don't know a lot of them personally. You know, the first few weeks, my Amazon reviews were family. <laughs> and then I started getting those re reviews from people I don't know. And that was such a rewarding feeling because I was like, oh my God, you liked my book enough to write about it. I didn't ask you to do this. And it, so that was a really exciting feeling. That's when I felt like, oh, maybe I am making an impact. Maybe I am helping. And then I'll see uh, people on Instagram post about it, a picture of their kid reading the book. And it just, to me, it has nothing to do with sales. It just warms my heart that it's helping a child understand veganism. And, you know, because... Like my son, he's vegan because I am. You know, he didn't doesn't know why. And I and I and if one day if he chooses a different path, I mean that's his life to choose. But you know, I while he is you know a child, it's you know still a little bit under my control. And I want to make sure that you know he understands why we do this, not just we do it because. Growing up, that's kind of how I think it felt to a lot of people. You know, your parents said so, so you do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't, I didn't want to give that to my son because I think being veganism is a, a choice, you know, and just like <clears throat> anything. And I want it, I, one day, you know, he can choose whatever he wants. I hope he stays a vegan. I don't see why he would change, but I can't see the future. But uh, for now, I, I, I like that he understands it. It's not just because mom and dad said so. Was it ever a conversation? Was it ever a question whether you and your wife would be raising him as a vegan? No, there wasn't much of a question, just us being that way, in the sense that um, that's just what we cook. That's just what we do at the house. So his meals were coming that way. And, and he loves it. But, um, you know, just going back to I didn't want him to feel forced into something. I wanted to have the knowledge, the understanding about why we do this mm -hmm. so that he's part of this conversation so that this he understands that, yeah, he's choosing to be vegan. His mom and dad didn't force him to be vegan. and. Um, even, you know, at a very young age, um, I'd say before one, he, he was more of a vegetarian. Um, and that was because he, now my son's seven now, and um, I went vegan six years ago. So it was, it was in, within his first year of his life. So he's experienced some dairy products. Uh, but after that, I, 
I cut it all out for me, for him and my, and my, and my wife, we chose together. So, and it was always where I was headed. I knew it for a long time. I was always yeah. nervous to make that final step and turned out to be the easiest step of them all. Really? I think giving up, you know, for me, I grew up in a meat and potato type family. So I think giving up the meat, making that decision was like almost harder because the convenience behind it and all that, like, all right, well, I'm not stopping at fast food restaurants anymore. I'm going to be doing a lot of cooking. Um, and that was, I guess I should say too, for me, that was when I went vegetarian, it was probably 20 years ago, if I'm counting correctly. So, um, but I always just kept the dairy around for whatever reason. And then, you know, when I finally said no, I was like, oh, that was it? That, oh, I thought this was going to be way more complicated. <laughs> but it was really the, uh, the life change with the meat, I think, was the hardest for me. That makes sense. I think thinking back on it, I had a similar experience because I was vegetarian for a number, a number of years as well. And so what did, you know, push you to make that final step? I mean, it, I put it off for a couple of years because I always knew as well that was where I was heading. I knew it. Yeah, I, it was it was the direction I was going in the whole time. I um, I don't know if there was one catalyst that really made me decide. I just think one day I was like, why am I still doing this? <laughs> like, why? Like, and when I would look at my meals, 90 percent of them were vegan. There was like the occasional slice of pizza or what I was like, I can live without that. I think I kind of just looked inside and was like, I'm being ridiculous. Like I, for no reason, you know, for I, I guess fear, really. Mm. I, literally as soon as I cut it, I never thought about it again. I'll never not be vegan. It, it made, it was too, it's too simple. It makes too much sense. And I've never felt like, I'll tell you, I had aches and pains galore, even as a vegetarian. As soon as that dairy was gone, the inflammation left my body. I have never felt better. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just a no brainer. I, my body is just in a better place because of it. And so is my mind. I had a very similar experience as well, right? Like the moment I went vegan, like after a week, I felt the best I'd ever felt. It's um, crazy. I, I lost over the like over six or seven months. I lost without even really trying to lose weight. I lost about 45 pounds. Isn't that crazy? It was nuts. It, it was absolutely crazy to me. And I, I, I couldn't understand how it was happening, but I was happy that it was. That wasn't my initial reason for going vegan at all, right? But it was just a, you know. You know, a positive benefit from the decision I had made at the moment. Your wife, you said you, you, you were vegetarian for about a year when you, after, after your son was born um, and your wife is also vegan. What was, did you guys, you know, make that transition together? Was she a vegetarian when you all met? How was that? Yeah, we were both vegetarians when we met. That wasn't an intentional thing. That was just happened to be the, the luck of how that worked out, um, which made going out to dinner and everything so much easier. <laughs> I bet. I'm sure people do it. I just don't know how a relationship can, can last with two such strongly opposing views. Mm. I wonder, I'm sure there are the vegan, non-vegan relationships. I'm in, I'm in one, I'm in one at the moment. It gotta be so difficult. You know what? I, I always thought it would be, to be honest with you. Um, and it isn't, I'm very understanding about the fact that even though I have very strong views on, on why people should be vegan. Right. Um, I understand that not everybody is there. Um, I would hope yes. that everybody gets there at some point. Right. And that's how I am. With and you can't force anybody. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I'm kind of there with, with everything. Right. I, I would kind of hope that people would get to certain places in their own time. So, um, but I never thought a relationship with, uh, somebody who isn't vegan would work, but you know, I mean, she's amazing. And it's funny because when we do go out to dinner, um, not that we've been able to over the past year much, but, yeah, right. um, you know, it's one of those things that's, she, I know that when we go to a, a spot that isn't full, uh, full vegan, um, I'm going to have to make some adjustments, right? Uh, if I'm having a burger, it may have like no sauce or it's going to have no cheese. It's going to, right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and she is 
more uh, adamant about it than I am finding things that have numerous options for me, right? She's, she's really aware of, of, you know, my dietary um, preferences, and she tries to make sure that I'm uh, as comfortable and have as many options as possible. So I mean, it works, we make it work. I like how you said that dietary preferences. I actually had a conversation with a friend the other, uh, yesterday, and he, um, he was talking about something he goes, Oh, that's right. He's like, you can't eat fish. And I said, Oh, no, I can eat fish. I go, I just choose not to. Exactly. It's, it's not there's nothing wrong with me. Exactly. <laughs> and that and that's what a lot of people uh, I mean, I don't know if they don't, they just don't give it much thought they just re- they think we can't do it and it's yeah. you know it's we choose not to right and there's yeah, it's a not reason like celiac it. you know i don't have to avoid it I just, it's a personal choice exactly yeah i mean i'm lactose intolerant i shouldn't have dairy when i did eat all that stuff i ate dairy anyway right but it was one of those things that um we chose to do now at least for me oh, yeah. i choose not to do it because of i was saying that right lactose intolerant still choosing to eat it like i'm yeah. actually allergic to milk like not lactose intolerant, but allergic to actual milk. Yeah. Still took me forever. I'm like, I don't know. It's the fear of the unknown. Maybe I I guess. And it's funny that you say that. I actually was told at a young age as well, that I was also allergic to dairy, lactose intolerant and allergic to dairy. Yeah. And I still ate it, you know? And even when I went vegetarian, I was, you know, I was drinking milk, I was eating cheese and, and, you know, it it made me feel terrible. And it was one of those things I ate it regularly. Right. And it they say there's an addictive component to cheese, though. So maybe that's just what it comes down to. When you decided to go vegan, did your wife join you on that same time that you made that transition? Not at first. No, no, it was a personal choice. Um, it wasn't something we did together, but it wasn't. So it was soon after that she also just was like, you know what? Yeah, of course. Why not? You know, and then funny is it hurt. So I went vegan, but I, I'm still a junk food vegan. Shit. Thank, thank goodness I had my wife because. Not only does she go vegan, but like she does so much raw food. She mm. she does no gluten. She like <laughs> so, and because of that, I eat the healthiest that I've ever eaten in my entire life, and I love her for it because I feel fantastic. But um, yeah, no, it was my choice first, and I wasn't gonna push it on her. I just mm. said this is what I need to do. I've been putting it off for too long. I don't know why, but today's the day. I was like, I am now vegan. And, um, you know, I think some of it was the fear of how other people were going to accept that family members, friends, just like, you know, oh, you're one of those vegans because <laughs> they put such a negative connotation on being vegan. Something yeah. so positive gets just, you know, poo-pooed all over. So. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've had uh, similar experiences and, and, you know, unfortunately have n- noticed that very early on. It's funny that to me that you say that you were uh, a bit concerned about how, you know, fan- friends and family would react to you being vegan. Cause you said you were vegetarian for years before making the transition. Oh, my mother was sneaking, you know, meat into pasta sauce and she thought I was going to die for <laughs> not having, <laughs> not having it enough. So, cause I started uh, in high school, you know, being vegan. So, or sorry, being vegetarian. So she did not agree with that. Funny thing is, she's vegan now. No way. So it's like, <laughs> so I guess she, she also denies that spaghetti um, sauce story, but it it happened. Oh wow, it's <laughs> funny. So um, may I may I ask your uh, ethnic background, your cultural background? Yeah, uh, Irish and Italian. Um, so there was a lot of meat and potatoes just in my life, just growing up, just a lot. Yeah. And, um, it always freaked me out. Always, like I like I 
anything that I ate that was meat in my life was well done. It had to, or, or had to be thoroughly processed, like, you know, chicken nuggets, things like that. It couldn't not like, um, I, I can't remember a time I ate like a chicken wing ever mm. because that the idea of the bone being in there is like, <laughs> It was just so repulsive to me. Yep. So I think I was always meant to be a vegan. Yeah. Because just the idea of eating flesh never appealed to me at all. Funny you mentioned that. I absolutely hated any kind of bone and and yeah. meat that I was eating when I did eat that stuff. So I never it put turns out those that it's two the sauces together. I like. It's all the sauces. It's not the stuff that's you know you can put tofu in. It's just as good. I oh, like I barbecue agree. sauce. You know I like you know um, oh goju gang sauce is my favorite sauce. I could put that on anything. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where that Korean tofu comes in. There you go. Oh, so good. You mentioned a little bit about what you grew up eating. And I think one thing that gets lost a lot of the times in conversations is how big the role of food is in a lot of different people's culture. Right. And it, did that play in as well into uh, your possible hesitancy or your concerns when you made the decision to go vegetarian back then and then vegan eventually? For me, luckily, no, because Irish heavy, heavy potato eaters. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I love my potato in every fashion, in every form. And I didn't have to get rid of that. And the Italian side, we love our pasta. And I didn't give that up either. You know, we, I have my, you know, my marinara's, my vodka's, my Alfredo sauces, just they're all vegan, but my food tastes exactly the same. So for me, culturally, it didn't affect me, but I, I've seen how it affects friends who have, you know, food is a very strong part of their um, cultural upbringing. You know, whether they're Filipino or Indian or, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of focus um, in certain cultures on meat. Um, maybe not necessarily Indian as much, you know, that that they also, um, I mean, that's some of my favorite vegan food is Indian. <laughs> but so, but again, like I said, I'm a uh, junk food vegan. So like, I love the samosas and I love all the things that are fried. <laughs> so if, it, if I didn't have my wife to keep me on the right path, I... It would just be like say pan cheesesteaks all the time. So I actually was never much of a sweets guy, right? I instead of having dessert, if I if I was still a little bit hungry or if I can go a little bit longer to have like some seconds or something, right? I was never really into anything sweet. But since I went vegan, I find myself seeking things out, right? Like vegan vegan brownies, and I'm allergic to chocolate, but I eat it anyway. Like things like that, right? Like, you know, anything, anything sweet. I'm all about it these days. And I, I've never been that way. Did something similar happen to you? You know what? Now that you say it, I, I, I think, yes, I think I, I don't remember being like at night. I just snack galore. It's like, I, that's like my favorite time to just unwind and just eat on once, once my son goes to sleep, because what I do, he can't say that's a big no-no. You can't get one of everything we have in the cabinet and put it in a bowl and bring it downstairs. <laughs> but that's me. I have a I have a big late night snacker. I don't know what it is. I love to sit down, watch my TV, and just. But yeah, that didn't happen until I think I went fully vegan, and I wonder if that dairy was filling some sort of hole there that you know that now is being taken over by sweets. But you know what? I'll take it. I'll definitely take it because it's. It's, I don't know. I, some of the vegan desserts have been the best desserts I've ever eaten in my entire life. I agree. I, I put them, I would put them up against any non-vegan dessert. I agree 100%. I, uh, again, never, never much into sweets. I never really cared for donuts. Um, and when I was still in California, I found a spot that was nowhere near where I lived, but, um, it was in this town called Costa Mesa. I don't know if you're too familiar with, with, uh, I, know, I guess I'd actually know where that is. It's right between 
San Diego and Los Angeles. And I'm from San Diego. So when I was living in LA, I would make the trip down to San Diego to see the family. And I would make it a point to stop there on the way down and on the way up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and my, my dad is a big sweets guy. Always loved his donuts. Always loves any kind of pastry, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, he, he gets the vegan thing. You know, we've had conversations and he, and he kind of understands why, why, why I made the decision. And anyway, he's always been somewhat hesitant to try anything that's vegan, right? Um, he's a very picky eater as it is. And one of his favorite things is donuts. And when I gave him one of these donuts, it's called Good Town USA. And he tried it. He could now, to this day, he doesn't believe they're vegan. He says it's the best donut he's ever had. And the of man's course. had lots of donuts. Because it's not the milk that they put in the donut that he loves. It's the sugar. Exactly. I think that's where a lot of people get confused with veganism. You're like, we're just taking out one ingredient and replacing it with another. Taking out cow's milk, putting in some almond milk. Using just as much sugar <laughs> to make this donut. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it is going to be just as sweet and, just as, and you'll never notice, you know. Or whatever they're using as their substitute. I'm a big fan of desserts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've become one. Kind of tied it in with your book. And you said that you tried to take a, an approach in your book to uh, explain veganism to, you know, kids, uh, an approach that you didn't, you know, you weren't successful in finding when you set out to look for it. Yes. And like I said, I shared the book with, uh, with some of my family members who are parents, and they absolutely loved the way in which you presented it. You know, tying in the food thing and, and, and you know, like I said, sharing it with my, with my dad who isn't vegan. Do you think there's ways where we can present veganism to people who are not vegan um, in, in ways that they will be more receptive to? Because like you said earlier, you know, sometimes it gets, a, it gets a lot of backlash. It gets put in a negative light and it's something that's so positive. How do you, I don't know if you do it. Do you go about, you know, trying to explain veganism or present it to people in certain ways? I used to host like vegan nights in my house with all my non-vegan friends. I'd have some beer, some, some tequila and I'd cook a bunch of vegan meals for them, and they absolutely loved it, right? That was one way that I did it. My book is one way I do it with adults because you need to take it to a level that's not insulting how they, they think or how they behave. And I think, honestly, I, even though the book is intended for kids, I think it can help adults. I really do because my book just shows the similarities we have between animals that I think people tend to forget. Like, because they don't sound like us, because they can't communicate in the same way, doesn't mean they're not communicating. They just have a language you don't know just like all the other languages. And that is, that's no reason to make them a lesser, you know? And I think just explaining that in a, not judging what you, not judging the, the non-vegan, but just showing them the animals the same. That's all I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to say you're a bad person. I'm just, I'm just trying to say, hey, these animals have feelings. An animal can be scared, you know? An animal can show love. An animal can have a friend, you know? And even when we went through the book, like um, with the illustrations, um, I, I spent a lot of time making sure that like they were real things. Like there's a, a, a we have a lot of like different things going on in the background of this book, but there's two cows and they're tossing a red bucket back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to Google red bucket and cows, you can find the whole story of what's going on there. That's not something that I just pulled from whole cloth. Um, there is a study that they did with cows. And if you took, uh, they took one cow and gave them a red bucket. And he'd mess around the red bucket and he'd lose interest. And that'd be the end of it. But then they gave two cows a red bucket. And the two cows played together with the bucket. It became a toy for them. Wow. It's just showing that they have they they are like us. Who the hell wants to play by themselves? Nobody. Yeah. But you bring a friend in and you, and, and a bucket, you go, well, now you got a game. Now we're gonna figure it out. And yeah. just stuff like that is just it, it was super important to me to make sure that like my book was 
very authentic and very true to how animals are. Like any facts that are stated in my book are real facts. They're not things that I made up because they sound cute. Like um, when I talk about dolphins giving each other names, they yeah. do. When I talk about that pig's dream, pig, it's proven that pigs have dreams. Like these aren't, you know, just to make a cute story. This is true. This is like, these are facts that I'm, that I'm giving these children or adults. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of adults haven't been given that information. You know, like oh, yeah. they just look at them as a product, you know, but like, if you knew that when a pig goes to sleep at night, he's having dreams. And if he's had a terrible life, he's probably having nightmares mm-hmm. that, you know, that changes how you think about your food. Instead of saying you're doing an evil thing to say, do you ever just think about the guy on the other end? <laughs> you know, the, the creature over there who, you know, is, is terrified, who, who would be love to play in the sun, who, if you give him a red bucket would, would make friends. <laughs> like It's that's, that's the stuff I really wanted to get across to people. And I, and I made sure that when I wrote this and when we illustrated it, that there was nothing not true, you know, uh, now granted, maybe you're not going to see a bear on a swing. <laughs> that might not be true, <laughs> but it also is possible. <laughs> but you know, and, and we went back and forth because um, there were some images, some ideas that uh, my illustrator was coming up with and I, they weren't bad, but I think they were um, like, when I talk about like, we choose not to hurt animals. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what the image was, but it was something with like um, uh, uh, an animal, like being like strapped down, like, you know, like in a sense, like in a testing way. Yeah. And I was like, let's, let's pull it back. Let's, 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 how about just a cage, you know, just, you know, nothing, you know, like a, like a, a dog, pen, you know, something like just because I didn't, I did not want to terrify anybody when I wrote this book. I didn't want to make anybody um, upset. I just wanted to explain the connection and how similar me and you are to the things that some of us are choosing to eat. Yeah. And when you see that similarity, you can't deny it and you can't forget it. And you know, it's, it makes it hard, I guess, to forget or turn a blind eye to. And I'm, I'm hoping that this book will inform a lot of young vegans, but I also hope it will make some vegans, some people who weren't, you know, maybe they got it for their grandson or maybe they got it for their niece or nephew, but you know, they read and they're like, Whoa, I never thought of it like that. I never realized how much alike we were. And maybe, maybe they'll make a few different decisions. Maybe they'll cut it out once a week and have a vegan night, you know? Even there, you know, it's a start. Somebody's life was spared that day. And, you know, and the more we can do that, I think the better this planet can be. Yeah. What else went into the process of you writing this book? I'm looking at it. The illustrations are great. I see a lot of different types of characters there that represent our society. Can you tell me a little bit about that process? How you went about uh, writing the book and ensuring that it represents other people as well? It was very important to me that the book represented everybody because there is no one type of um, anybody can be vegan from any background, from any nationality. And I wanted to make sure that I could touch on as many as I could in the book without, without making it feel forced. And that's how, and that, and I, I really feel like that came across as well. And I can thank my illustrator for that. My illustrator, Justin Gray, just, he knows how to make it feel seamless and beautiful and, um, cohesive without anybody feeling like, um, this book wasn't for them. I wanted, it was very important that it's for everybody. Like even for adults, I wanted everybody to have to feel like they were included in this book. And uh, I, I think it came across. I hope it came across. Um, I've I've had very positive uh, responses to that. Also, um, we've we've tried to 
to touch on uh, as many nationalities as we could without, like I said, feeling too forced. But I didn't want anyone to feel excluded. I wanted everyone to know that like veganism is about all of us, not just one of us. Yeah, I think I got everybody in here. I think you did as well. Looking through it, there's definitely a, a lot of different types of groups that are represented. And like I said, that's a, I think that's a very important thing, something that's often overlooked, unfortunately, even, even in this day and age. So I was very, very happy to see that. And going from my first book to my second one, um, I wanted them to feel the same. So we kept, you know, the one main character, the, the, uh, I don't even know if she's the main character, but she's the one on the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, she's from the first book so that there was a, be a cohesiveness between the two. Ah. But um, you can say, uh, and actually this is my first book, but uh, you can see the, uh, the cat is the same cat that's right here. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, so he's, so he's he's right there. And the same little girl is the, from this book, is the same little girl in that book. But nice. this only had the one, the two characters, the cat and the girl. And I, and this book was also about inclusivity. Um, it's, it's about, you know, everybody's different in their own way and about, you know, accepting everyone's differences and that they're special because of that. Like weird is a cool thing. Weird is a good thing. I always tell it to my son. Like, yeah, you want to be weird. You know, and I said, this world would be so boring if everybody was the same. Yeah. And so coming from the first book though, and recognizing that there wasn't a lot I mean, it was saying something, but I felt like there could be more. And I felt like the inclusivity was something that wasn't in my first book that I really wanted to make happen in my second book. And so that was super important to me. And when we first started, you know, I told Justice, this is something we have to do. This ha- like We want to get everybody. And he was 100% on board. He was like, all right, let's, let's get to work. And we went back and forth with character design and for a while until we found the perfect, and what we thought was the perfect match. And I think it came across pretty well. No, I think it did. How long is that process writing that book from start to finish? They're all different. Um, you know, first I come up with an idea. And for me, I, lo- I love rhyming schemes. That's just, that's always really worked for, well for my brain. And so I try to come up with, um, not necessarily um, the title, but I was trying to come up with, first I wanted to think, what am I trying to get across? What is the question that needs to be answered? And the title kind of wrote itself. Like, what is a vegan? So then I took that and I kind of made a cadence for myself. Like, what is a vegan? And I just kept going and I just keep saying it. It's almost like, I guess I could equate it to like writing a song, you know, and I just keep playing it over and over in my head and I'm like humming the tune and, you know, and um, I said, okay, so what is it? It's like, well, we all have a choice about the things that we eat. And then I was like, okay, oh, that's good. You know, and then, and then I just try to keep going with that beat. And then um, while I'm doing that, I was looking up facts, every fact that I could find about similarities to animals and people, mm. you know, and making lists. And so then, one side of my screen, I have, you know, what I'm working on. Another side is all these facts that I just keep writing out and reading about. Like, oh, this is really cool. Oh, I didn't know this about animals. And I want to tell this story too. And then like, um, and then somewhere along the line, those two things, they just, they, they, they form one. And then I, and then I take that and I basically read it and stare at it and rewrite it and read it and stare at it and rewrite it until finally my wife says, it's great when you stop. <laughs> I was like, Okay. Okay. Maybe I can stop now. Yeah. <laughs> I even look at it now. I'm like, I don't keep them. I changed that. But you know, I think that's the struggle of an artist just to never feel completely finished. At some point, you got to walk away from it and let it be what it is. That's yes. Why well, I'm very happy to have uh, Ashley in my life because she's great at telling me when to just you did it. You don't have to keep, you don't have to keep going because I don't think I'll ever see that point. Yeah, I'm my worst critic. Yeah. And, and I think there's something to be said about not being able to see that point. Right. I mean, we always want to try to make what we're working on the best possible version of what it, of what it should be. Right. 
that that's that's how I feel at least. I was just gonna say, but I'm very happy with the final product, even though I said that I uh, I would I could tweak it till infinity. I could tweak it till I ruin it. Also, though, that's <laughs> you know that's I've done that before. So oh yeah, I'm I I am I think it's perfect where it is, and I'm very happy. Good. Now, I, like I said, I absolutely loved it when I came across it. I loved the concept. I absolutely fell in love with it. And when I actually uh, picked it up and I had it in my hands and I was reading through it. Um, yeah, it, I was very impressed with it. Um, so Thank you. I, I think, I think you definitely nailed it. Uh, I'm curious to know. Um, I know that the, you know, the questions that you got from your son uh, inspired this book. What inspired your first book? Oh, my, my first one, uh, my cat is weird was inspired from my nervousness of having a child. Hmm. Um, you know, as you can tell, I don't look like everybody else. And um, I look like plenty of people, but not everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I was worried, you know, as he grew up, how was that going to be having a heavily tattooed parent or two heavily tattooed parents, I should say. Long story short, it, nothing. We're his parents. And it, and and that worry did not matter because yeah. he doesn't he ever thought twice about it. All he knows is he doesn't want to get tattooed. So, and I'm fine with that. Really? <laughs> but, but, um, you know, I think kids are destined to do the opposite of their parents. That's just how, so he does not want to get tattooed currently, which is fine. He's only seven. But um, yeah, I was like, I'm so weird looking. That's like, I'm so different than everybody else. And I was like, what? and so I wanted to write a book called My Parents Are Weird. And that was my idea. Mm-hmm. And um, I was driving to work one day um, and I'm doing the same thing I do. I have this beat in my head and, I, and it's just not coming. And nothing is happening, you know? And some reason I was like, I just switched it. I was like, well, my cat is weird. Like I just, I, and I was like, yeah, he is. He does such strange things. And I kept going and I was like, then I brought out my recorder on my phone and I just started recording because it just hit like a bolt of lightning and it just came out. And I'd say that book is almost exactly what came out that day in the car. Like there's wow. been some few tweaks, but like, it was just like, I got to work. I was like, I can't work. I have to work on this. This is like, <laughs> it was like lightning. I was like, I have to make this happen. Um, and yeah, and I, I brought it home, you know, um, showed it to my wife at the time who was pregnant and she was like, you have to make this. I had no intentions of being um, an, an author or anything like that. I just, but she said, you have to make this. And I was like, you know what? I will. I will. If you believe so strongly in me, then I will too. And that's it. And that's where the first one came from. And after successfully doing that through Kickstarter and running the whole campaign, and um, I really enjoyed it surprised like i not surprisingly but it just it was never where i expected to go yeah and uh, and as soon as this next opportunity presented itself i i knew right away what i had to do was write a book i was like that's that's the way i'm going to get this across to him i'm going to write a book and uh luckily i have a good reader on my hands he loves reading so it uh, it worked out really well and you said you you know that was your first book and you didn't necessarily intend to become uh, an author um what were you doing before this Oh, I was on my way to work at a, as a tattoo artist. So uh, for 18 years, that was my career. Um, well, best 18 years of my life, I, should, I might say. Um, I had to. I got injured uh, falling off a horse. Mm. Yeah, I took a shoulder injury uh, years ago now, but uh, I tattooed through it for a while. But it, you know, between tattooing and the injury, it just was never getting better. You know, yeah. I had the surgeries, I had everything that I could do, but. I think tattooing at a certain point was just keeping the injury around. So uh, around two years ago, I had uh, I made a decision to back off from tattooing. And as much as I miss it, in that time, my shoulder is completely healed. Okay. And 
you know, it was the right decision. Yeah. And it gave me, you know, and I think life sometimes just tells you what you need to do. And, uh, you know, now I do this and I, and I absolutely love it. And I'm as happy as I was tattooing. It's just in a totally different way. 18 years. That must've been very difficult though. I know you said that you had to do it for health reasons, right? But, um, were you already, was your first book already written by the time you made the decision to walk away from it? Yes. My first book was already, was already something that I had uh, fully done while tattooing. How did having the, the writing thing help you as you moved away from something that you had done for 18 years? It didn't. Um, what, what, what helped me honestly was my stubbornness. So it became a slow transition away from tattooing. It went from a full, you know, 40 hour work week to appointment only. And it goes from appointment only to I'm only coming a couple of days a week to I had such a struggle stepping away. It was so hard. I had to do it in the babyest steps because it was all I knew. It was tied to my identity as a person. Yeah. You know, and um, once I realized that's like, that it's not my identity. It, it, it's my job. It's something I love, but it's not, doesn't make me. I was like, once I, then it was, you know, at that point, it was just severing the last string that was connecting me. You know, maybe, maybe it was coming in once a month at that point. <laughs> and, uh, I was already on to other stuff. And it was like, and I needed that. It couldn't have been, for me, mentally, it couldn't have been like, I'm done. I would have always thought about, was it the right decision? I needed to do it slow. And, um, Luckily, I had another book to work on, you know, while that was happening. So it did keep me occupied. Um, so I guess it helped in that way by giving me something to, to do. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a very hard thing for me to make that transition. I didn't want to admit that I was getting older, that I had an injury that was like, you know, it's hard. It's getting old stinks. It, so, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it so, really does. But yeah. It was one of my best decisions leaving, even though it was one of my hardest decisions. It was it um, was right for my life. It's giving me more time with my son. And mm -hmm. that was one of the hardest parts about tattooing was being away. So the hours just aren't great. You, you got to work when everybody else is done off work. Yeah. So, you know, five to 10 on my busiest, my weekends on my busiest. I want that time for my son. So writing this book and uh, hopefully writing more books will um, give me that time and has been. So Now, I know you said there's, that your, your shoulder is pretty much completely healed. Is there ever a possibility of you going back to it? Maybe even if it's just a, you know, a completely part-time thing. Unfortunately, no, because the tattoo industry, um, it's like anything, um, it, you know, when you step away, you definitely lose some of your skills. Mm. You know, when I was doing it every day, I do not, I know that I can not, if I picked it up today, I would know how to tattoo. I would be a lot slower and not nearly as efficient. I'd get it back, but I just, I'd have to commit to doing it every day again, you know, and I, I'm not going to. So basically I'm, I'm not tattooing. I wish I, I wish I could, but I'm also a little bit afraid, you know, I don't want to mess anybody up. You know, I spent a lot of time yeah. getting my craft to a certain level. So to be not there, it's, that's, you know, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, but you know, I have to be honest with myself because it's somebody's body and it's forever for them. It's only an hour for me, but it's forever on their end. You live in Philadelphia, right? What's the vegan scene like out there? What's the vegan community like out there? The vegan scene is incredible. It, I mean, we have just, I mean, it's just an endless amount of great food here. So it's, it's almost hard to decide where to eat. We have so many restaurants. I would say my only problem is that 
I wish there were, this is, this is me, junk food vegan, more fast food. <laughs> Everything seems to be the highest end and it is fantastic. I mean, fantastic, but you know, I don't always have the wallet for the highest end. So, so I would love a little bit more, but it, it you know, it's there too. It, um, but just art, we have restaurant after restaurant after restaurant. Uh, and I don't want to plug everybody's restaurant, but we have such a great vegan scene and a vegan community in this city that I feel I almost had an unfair advantage in my transition because there is just an endless amount of everything. Like, I mean, one of the things that I, um, I've recently, I'd say in the last like two years, gotten back in my life um, that I found vegan in the city is breakfast sandwiches. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, like a good breakfast sandwich, and and they're here, and they're here, and now like I can get them all over the place, and I think that was one of the biggest because I grew up in New Jersey, so for me, um, mm. growing up, corporal egg and cheese, that was the sandwich, and I don't even know if you know what corporal is. Um, it's a it's a New Jersey no. disgusting delicacy. It's um, <laughs> the name sums it up. Pork roll, it's gross, um, but there are now imitation breakfast sandwiches that. Like on this Kaiser roll with, mm. you know, like, like tofu scramble and these just imitation meats that just, I, I can't tell the difference. I mean, I don't think I would know what the original taste yeah. like. It's been so long, but it is, yeah, that, is yeah. uh, that to me, that that's everything. My breakfast sandwich is that. It's like every day. That's funny. I, I actually, I was never much of a big, uh, breakfast person. I think only recently, actually, you know, after becoming vegan, um, have I really become a breakfast person? And yeah, breakfast sandwiches are probably, you know, six days out of the week, what I'm having for breakfast. Yes. Yeah. Easily. You know, well, actually either that or oatmeal. Cause again, the girlfriend's like, you know, you got to have your oatmeal with your, your, this and this and your fresh fruit. And oh, but it's so good too, though. I love it. Oh, it is. It is. But you know, maybe when she's not around, I'm definitely doing it, you know, yeah. six, six, seven days out of the week. I'm doing that. Uh, <laughs> or a tofu scramble or yeah. I, I um, call the restaurants now, like, you know, place my orders. Um, and they answer the phone. They're like, Drew, your usual? <laughs> like, yes, please. <laughs> I'll see you in 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, you got a problem when, when they already know what, what you want. I don't know if that's a problem. I, I no, wouldn't call no. it that. I wouldn't yeah, call no, that at all. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a problem. It's a good problem. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. So, Philly, Philly's known for its cheesesteak sandwiches, right? Oh, yeah. Where can I go and get um, the best vegan uh, Philly cheesesteak? Oh, my God. It's such a personal preference. Um, let's see. Who do I love? Who's my favorites? Well, this is, there's a tri Triangle Tavern. This is pretty close to where I live. This isn't a cheesesteak, but um, it's a, um, what is it called? Um, having a brain for it. <laughs> this, is, this is great for audio media. Um, no, it's um, well, I can't think of what the real meat is called. <laughs> this is how removed I am from meat. I can't think oh, of what, what you thought. Anyway, all right, screw that sandwich. Blackbird Pizza makes one of the best okay. cheesesteaks, they make one of the absolute best. Um, there's also like some like gourmet cheesesteaks that, that are like, I don't know if they're necessarily. They're delicious. Uh, my friend owns a pantry. It's called Miss Rachel's Pantry. Um, she does like private dinners and stuff. Mm. Um, she's made cheesesteaks in the past. It's not like a menu item. I, I don't know how some of these people do it, but that she she's incredible. Um, Rachel can spin 
anything into delicious food. <laughs> but if any, that honestly, that might be one of my top things to eat. Um, just anything from Miss Rachel's pantry. Okay. Yeah. So if you ever come here, you have to make a, uh, make sure you make reservations. It's the cutest place you'll ever go to, but they, they have a limited amount of seating. Mm-hmm. And it, man, that, that place, she, she does some of the best, like just like barbecue and just like mm. jalapeno cornbread and just it's oh, just uh, everything about it um but i'd say just strictly cheesesteaks i'd check out blackbird pizza okay but that is like that's like a satan cheesesteak yeah. um you know but you can get every you know we can do the chicken cheesesteak we can do the uh um oh man now i want chicken cheese i just start, start thinking of an italian hoagie in my head there's a this place grind house makes uh, italian hoagies that now I think that's what I'm going to get for lunch. <laughs> it is, know. it is awesome. Awesome. Uh, they do that, uh, follow your heart cheese on them. If you had that, uh, yes. so, uh, yes. so, sorry, I'm just <laughs> all good. You got me thinking. I actually, in the, in the area that I lived at in Los Angeles, um, like I said, I, I actually, that was when I made the, the change to being vegan when I was in LA. And, uh, I started looking around, you know, on Yelp and, and on, on uh, happy cow and a bunch of different things. I, I just, that's when I discovered follow your heart, the brand, yes. their actual store and cafe was 15 minutes from my place in Los Angeles. Uh, if you're oh, geez, ever so out that way, I don't know if you've made it out that way, but if you're, if you haven't, when you ever, yeah. when you have, I mean, if you ever do one of the places you need to stop at 100%. Oh, that's a guarantee. Amazing, amazing food. They, they do some great things in that cafe and all their products that, you know, you may not find anywhere else that they have it there. Then I have to go. <laughs> That'll be on my list. It's worth checking out for sure. I just remember the sandwich that I was trying to remember. It's um, it's a vegan roast beef from Triangle mm. Tavern. So it is so good with the horseradish and everything. Just yeah. the, I know it's not a cheesesteak, but that's just yeah. That I've never good. had a, any other. I've never actually had other vegan roast beef, but this thing is phenomenal. So, that sounds good. Sorry. <laughs> Can't go wrong with a sandwich. There's a spot out. Uh, well, it's all up and down California. I don't know if they have any other locations, but it's one of the places I miss the most called uh, Ike's. Ike's love and sandwiches. Um, they actually, it's not an all vegan thing, but they have a full vegan, like they have a vegan menu and then they have a non-vegan menu. And uh, they do some amazing sandwiches out there. Again, if you're ever out that way, definitely worth checking out. I mean, anytime I go anywhere, I plan like the entire trip around vegan restaurants. So. Same. <laughs> I think that's a vegan thing. It's like, all right, so we're going here. Where can we eat? And then we just like. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a vegan thing. Have you ever traveled specifically for vegan food? Oh, of course. How of far? Course. What's the longest distance you've traveled or like time? Probably two hours. Just like when I'm going, when I'm only going for vegan food, it's yeah. like two hours. But like I've gone like across the world and like knowing that I'm like where I'm stopping also. So like, yeah. You know, I'll be like, okay, so I'm going to be in Morocco. Where, where can I get some great, you know, um, awesome vegan food? And then, you know, we'll figure that out. But no, the first I've ever gone just for vegan would be about two hours. And it was um, for junk food. It, it, <laughs> it was literally for ice cream and cake. And like, and nice. I, that was big. So you can tell I have a sweet tooth. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. When, when, I, when we moved across the country, we actually drove, um, right? And I made it a point to plan out where we were going to stop, you know, where we, where we were going to stay that night. And yeah. I kind of based that around the vegan options that were available in that town. 
during the time that we were going to be there. Like I knew I was going to roll into a specific city in Arizona at night. So I needed a good breakfast spot for the next morning. Right. So good. You got a plan. You got a plan ahead. But I'll tell you, I, I don't know. I love it because when you, when you meet these, like when you go to these places and you're from out of town, like you, you just instantly have a friendship with like the owners of these restaurants. I feel like whoever's working, I really feel like, Oh, you're not from here. Oh, let me show you this. this you got to try this. And I, I really feel like the vegan community gets a little bit of a bad rap as far as like, you know, like we're trying to force everyone to be vegan and we don't like you if you're not vegan. Cause all the vegans I meet are usually the nicest, kindest people who just are like so excited to meet you. They're like, Oh, yeah. you, you know, you're just passing through. They want to tell you everything about everything they do and they know they're never going to see you again. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's just amazing. I feel like the vegan community is probably one of the best communities that I've ever been in. I agree. So I agree. I've met some of some of my closest friends being a vegan and not because we're vegan, but just because it seems to be that vegans, now this isn't everybody, but seem to be, I don't want to say this in the wrong way to offend people that aren't vegan. Um, I think if you're going to be a vegan, if you choose to become a vegan, there is a level of kindness and compassion in your heart already. And yeah. I, and I think, not saying that people who don't eat vegan aren't kind of passionate, but I think you tend to find a lot of that through the vegan community. And I love that. You know, yeah. I, I don't find a ton of hate. Um, you know, um, even when you find a very militant vegan who wants to, you know, um, protest and, and which I think is very important, they're angry and mean towards what's happening. Yeah. Not towards people. Like, like, so even then, I don't think it's, you know, I think they're still, they're doing that because they're filled with so much love for the business and, you know, and, and, you know, doing the right thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think being a vegan for me, as far as the community, it's, it's the best. (laughs) It really is. Kind of switching gears a bit. I know you mentioned a little bit that you're a bit of a gamer as am I, anything in particular you're, you're, you're playing through right now. Oh man. Um, it's hard for me to play anything that's not pick up, put down anymore um, because of having a kid, being a parent. The yeah. last game, though, during the pandemic that I really got into was The Last of Us 2, okay. which was a fantastic game. I'm not at all shocked that that's going to be an HBO series because yeah. it's like it's just the writing. What a beautiful game. Um, for my pick up, put down stuff, me and, me and my seven-year-old play Minecraft, So, um, which is awesome because I'm like medium at minecraft you know what i mean like i i can i can but to him i'm a god I'm a like, you know like so it is really like nice to shine just like be like check this out look how cool your dad is um so things like that or you know um you know battle royale games you know something like fortnite uh, you can play 15 20 minutes and be done for the day yeah and that that so it keeps me gaming but not you know when I was in college, it was you know easily twelve hours a day of video games. Oh yeah. I just you know suck into Final Fantasy and never come out. So I know Final Fantasy Seven. That was one of my favorites. So it's classic. Yeah, I remember. I missed. A, I think that's why I failed my senior year and had to like retake my studio. <laughs> I'm like ninety percent positive. <laughs> Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, my son. My son tells me he's gonna be. He's gonna have two jobs when he grows up. He's gonna be a professional video gamer. Oh, no, sorry. He's going to be a professional YouTuber. <laughs> That's sorry. And he's going to make video games. Wow. 
I was like, well, you know what? Go for it. That's what oh, we yeah. want to do. We oh, told yeah. him, I said, if that's what you want, you're going to have to learn coding. And he's taken two coding classes since then. So I said, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, he's dead serious. He's wow. like, I'm going to make video games. I'm like, okay. Super cool. means. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. told me how to wait till he's 10 to start a YouTube career, though. <laughs> so we'll see if he's still interested in, you know, two and a half years. Hey, there you go. I'm sure he will be. Especially oh, if you know, talk about it every day. Really? Oh, he can't wait till he's 10 so he can get his computer set up and his, his whole YouTube. And he's like, you're going to have to teach me how to edit. And I was just... <laughs> Like, oh god, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> Anything in particular? He's already talking about what kind of a what kind of YouTube channel does he want to do? All video game related. I support it 100. Yes. <laughs> he basically Minecraft and uh, yeah, he wants to just that's what he loves right now. And anything Mario or like or just try to say Nintendo, Mario, Zelda, that whole universe. It's just like he's obsessed. He's a not to brag about my son and his video game skills, and he is really 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 dedicated to learning like mm. his games he wanted to play um uh breath of the wild have you ever played the game yeah i i own it yes okay so um he wanted to play when he was around six and i said buddy you don't know how to read i was like this is all this game is like it's the only yeah. way you'll learn how to go to the next thing and dad can't hold your hand through this epic saga because i have things i have to do as much <laughs> as i would love to just get lost in breath of the wild with you oh yeah it's just i just can't so he went and learned how to read. Oh, wow. And is currently playing the game in master mode because he's already beat it. Wow. And I'm just like, it, from me from a year ago saying no, not until you can read, to now he's successfully beaten the game and on, onto his, and it is, you know the game, it is so much. It's it's a massive game, yeah. <laughs> so like every day I'm hearing about divine beasts and uh, you know his you know, special powers or whatever new gear he's gotten and I'm just like, Wow. It's weird. Well, it's weird how you can love something like video games, and then your your, your child can come along and just like just destroy what you love and just nonstop talk about it. To where you're like, I don't even want to hear about video games. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I'd say that, but I was like, <laughs> I'm glad he loves it, and I'm glad he you know learned how to read just so he could play video games. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, good for him. I don't want to sound like that. I let my kid do nothing but play video games. He does tons of other stuff. He's you know outside everything you know, but he loves his video games. Sounds like a busy kid. I mean, he's a seven-year-old. Just endless <laughs> amount of energy. Just endless. <laughs> so I should have had him when I was like 20 so I could keep up. Navigating the waters with other parents, right? Um, whose kids may not be vegan. I mean, your kid obviously has friends, right? And classmates and stuff. How, yeah. how do you go about or how have you and your wife gone about, you know, uh, navigating those situations with other parents and, and other kids who aren't vegan? I am very lucky. And so I know this, it's not like this for everybody, but my son's friends care that he's a vegan. In the sense that, so when they have a birthday party, they always tell their parents, and it's the kids, make sure we get stuff for Nottis. He's gotta have, you know, we gotta get candy for him. We gotta make sure that um, there's stuff here for him. And there always is. So they'll always like, they'll always get a, a cupcake just for him or, you know, they, they go out of their way. So I'm very um, blessed to have a really, really, um, great support group around my son and his veganism where the uh, his friends care and so then in turn their parents care and that that's awesome i know that's not for everybody um which is it's a shame because yeah. it's, it's really a great thing to see but um yeah he, he it, it's not a problem for him 
the thing that I have, um, I guess I shouldn't say trouble with, but when I take the book and I want to give it to people, you know, I want to be like, hey, look at this thing I did. And so I feel like I always have to practice it with like, I'm not trying to make your child a vegan. <laughs> like, I just, I did a cool thing and I'd like to share it with you. <laughs> you know, so it is a little weird to navigate that because the intention was the book was not to be preachy, not to say you have to be this way. You know, um, just saying this, you know, if you are a vegan, you know, this is what we're all about. You know, or if you were interested, this is, you know, this is what we're about. So, yeah, that is something that's a little weird, you know. I, I don't know if it's just me. Like, I don't think they need me to say that. They probably already know that I'm not trying to, but I feel like I want to be like, I'm not one of those preachy vegans. <laughs> like, um, you know, if you choose that, it's great, but this is just something cool. Your kid yeah. might like it. So, we did other cute things too with this book that I uh, was really pleased with, and that we also did with my first book. There is a mouse on the cover too, and he comes from my first book, and um, you can find him throughout the book, the same mouse doing different things almost on oh, every no way. page. Yeah, so if you look for him, he's there. Um, when I was a kid, there was a book that I read where it was a grasshopper and a spider that you could find throughout the book. It just happened yeah. to make it to every page. And I loved that idea. And so in both my books, this mouse is uh, doing something everywhere. Okay. I'm going to so, go back through and look and I'm, I'm yeah. going to find the mouse on every page. One of those things for that, you know, they put in there for little kids to, you know, oh, look, there he is again. And it's not something, you know, this is the first time I talk about it, but... Um, yeah, it, it was just meant to be a little surprise that if they noticed, like, you know, there's the mouse doing something. He's he's always around, you know. So, um, and like I said, it's most pages. I don't think it's every page, but I got him in there quite a bit. He's doing, a, he's skateboarding some of them. He might be, uh, uh, yeah, he's attending school in one of them. It's, nice. So, yeah, he's there. He's got something. I'm going to keep an eye out for him for sure. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, we spent like, yeah, a, a lot went into the illustrations and the planning of them. It wasn't just something we threw together, you know. Yeah. We went back and forth a ton. Everything is done with intention. So um, even when this, there was some earlier renditions of the cover that had a lot of vegetables and stuff on the front. And, uh, you know, we nixed that idea because we thought about it. And I was like, this book isn't about vegetables. It's not mm -hmm. about eating. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's about animals. I was like, yeah. we need to go, you know, we had to draw it in and you know, figure out a way to get more animals in. You know, you said hopefully write some more books. Anything uh, on the horizon for you on that end? Uh, no, I'm always have a notepad where I'm sketching ideas down or, um, you know, uh, even just book title names and something pops into my head. Um, but currently nothing in the works um, because we're just, I'm really working on um, pushing what is a vegan. You know, um, I have an excellent PR team behind me. Um, so we're... Uh, constantly trying to come up with new ways to get um, the book out there to get more people connected doing things like podcasts i have um some interviews coming up that i'm doing things like that so just to keep pushing this right now yeah um i'll always be working on something in the background um but uh it just honestly for me it just depends on the mood i'm in um sometimes i just want to draw because i mean I, i'm just I'm an artist in all senses, whether it's writing or um, illustrating or painting or, you know, so honestly, I've been feeling a lot of drawing lately. I've been doing a mm -hmm. ton of digital artwork, um, stuff that is completely unrelated to veganism, <laughs> um, just more um, just bizarre just to get that out. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's definitely more books in the works, though. I have some stuff that I, I know will come one day, but it's just it's got to be for me. It's got to feel right. Yeah. I have no rush to get it out because I really want to make sure that 
what is a vegan does everything it's capable of doing. Um, so, so right now, like I said, only released about six months ago. So we're still in the big push for this. You know, I want to, um, ideally it's self-published right now and you can get on Amazon, but I would love to publish it through an actual publisher, um, which would be fantastic because then I want to get into all the bookstores and all that stuff. It's a, it's a difficult industry, but, um, I have faith and I think my product speaks for itself. I don't think, um, it's, it fits. It's not um, something that's been done a hundred times already. There is a spot for it in the world. And um, hopefully, you know, I can get a publisher to see that too. No, I, I think you will. Like I, like I said earlier and the way I described it to, um, you know, my brother and sister, when I sent it to him, I'm like, you know, it, it sounded like you went out and you, and you searched for something to, you know, present some information to your, your son, to your kid. And it wasn't out there. It was one of those situations where it did not exist and you created it yourself, right? So there's definitely a place for it in the world. And there's tons of great books and uh, uh, vegan books. And like, and I, when I say like some are scary, like I said, I, it's not to talk badly about those books. It's just, I just feel like there's a, just like anything, there's a lot of ways to talk about the same subject. And for me, um, I think you get a lot further with love and kindness uh, than you know you do with like fear and anxiety. That was Andrew Mealy, author of What is a Vegan? It's been featured on PETA's best books for kids who love animals and the World of Vegan Guide to Children's Books. You can buy What is a Vegan right now on Amazon. And while there, you can also pick up his first book. The title of that one, My Cat is Weird. You can connect with Andrew online at drewmealy.com and on Instagram at drew underscore mealy underscore books. You can find links to all of this in the show notes. Thanks again to Andrew for sitting down with me and taking time to share his story with Beyond the Kale. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Beyond Kale Pod. Please feel free to follow us on any of those social media platforms and wherever it is you go to get your podcasts. And of course, thank you all once again for taking the time to listen to Beyond the Kale. We have more episodes on the way. So please definitely come back and check them out.